0: All right, we're here. Welcome to episode 34 of Versus Mike History. I am your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we aren't on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. You can stay up to date on Versus Mike History by subscribing to our newsletter and find any further information regarding the podcast at versusmikehistory.com. Our problem has been as black people, we've always been concerned about white America, never about us. And what we've always thought is that white America equal the same interest as us. That is not true. We must now be concerned with us. Let me give you some examples. We always want to prove what good Americans we are. The very first man to die for the war of independence in this country was a black man named Crispus Addams. Crispus Addams. He was a fool! <laughs> yeah, I'm a product of the block, I lived in the park Nazis and Bigs for Raw Took my door across the George Washington Bridge I was pulled but more shocked, had a lord watching us live Up a pure rock nigga, I put a foot Knox in my crib I was the one they overlooked, now a nigga overbooked Got them haters disappointed, like when a soda overcooked more money, more problems, jealous niggas throwing looks, that's why every hundred bands I make my clip throw a foot, my story to the world, so everything I afford came from me losing my brother, and all the pain I absorbed, them down soldiers, all the members of the gang got them lost, on this road to success, and yes it came at a cost, so don't confuse what you hear, I put these shoes in my ear, cause I wore the same pair kicks to school for a year, nigga, I traded all to get my niggas back. How real is that? Fuck it. We gonna grind together just to get it back. Ah, What's good, what's good, what's good. I'm sorry. I almost I wanted to almost let that ride the whole time. But um what's poppin' family? We back again for another episode of Versus Mike History. Uh, you know what it is. This is episode thirty four. Um it's been, it's been a good week, you know. Um I'm recording this during the daytime. Uh, It's been a productive weekend for me. Um, Yeah, and and things are looking up for 2021. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) but uh, we back again. I got some things to get into today and um, some announcements to make. So sit tight and we're going to get into it. So let's get started with shout outs. Um, I want to give a shout out to the homie Dallas On Dunn for sitting down with me this past weekend for our interview uh that went really well and that's dropping this week um so go ahead and look out for that on the website of course versus my history.com i want to give a shout out to the north print pop-up shop uh for helping me with my order uh i got some stuff for you guys and they're helping me get right and i want to shout out to everybody who's been giving me feedback on the podcast telling me things that they do like telling me things that they think I may need to improve on and just give an input on the things that I may ask of them in terms of asking their opinion on things. So shout out to you guys. Love to everybody. Shout out to all the listeners, of course. And yeah, let's keep it moving. Um, In terms of new music. uh, I do know that some some new music dropped this week, but I haven't really been listening to too much new stuff. The main thing that I have been keeping a rotation is um, Westside Guns album. I've been working on this playlist for you guys as well. And I've been listening to Savage Mode a lot and King's Disease. But I do know that one of the main premier releases of the week was Benny the Butcher. And my God, let me tell you guys something. I was talking about uh, Griselda last week and how these guys are, you know, um, basically running the game and putting a good face on for New York rap and stuff like that. But this guy, Benny, man, he, he's out of this world. And, um, yeah, I don't like his bars are out of this world. Like this guy on his new album, burden of proof. Um, just goes bar for bar, lyric for lyric, with any rapper who he chooses to have on his record. Uh, it's almost as if he's in competition with himself. And, like, the amount of content that he's providing and the amount... um, And not the amount, but the uh, consistency that he is rapping at is mind-blowing, to be perfectly honest. Like, he is definitely one of my favorite rappers right now like I said last week and this album only solidified it like I said uh on the previous podcast I'm a child of hip-hop of classic hip-hop like that 90s sample boom bap shit and Benny the Butcher alongside Hit Boy, they bring that sound back it's I don't want to say it's nostalgic because it doesn't sound nostalgic, but it brings that feeling out of you that you feel when you get, or when you listen to like an old J project or old big project or old Nas project or something like that. And these guys, um, they keep doing it every time, you know, you wonder when they're going to stop letting up, if they're going to take a break or anything like that. And like, Every other two months, it's always a new Griselda project, whether they are collaborating with a new producer or if it's some mix mixture of sorts or a group project or something like that. But Benny the Butcher's Burning the Proof is solidified. I'll give that album A minus um, or B plus. But that's my off the top review for it. And yeah, man, that shit is fire. So go listen to that and we're going to keep it pushing. Now I'm in the app and I'm looking at all the new music that dropped uh, properly and I see that Party Next Next Door, he dropped um, an EP of of old tracks that you would have to get off streaming platforms to listen to. So a couple of these songs consist of uh, Persian Rugs, um, a classic, West District, another classic, things and such. My personal favorite, Candy featuring Nipsey Hussle, Cuffed Up featuring Quavo, Don't Do It For You No More, and Buzzin', the, um, which is featuring Lil Yachty and Murder Beats. To be perfectly honest, um, I wish that there were some other songs that made it to this project. Um, specifically, the songs that were featured on the first Colors mixtape, because you know we got the second Colors mixtape on the streaming platforms, but that first one is still on SoundCloud. Uh, Persian Rugs, West District, and things and such were definitely needed for digital streaming platforms. Um, These were long overdue. But songs like Candy, I think that the only reason I was really uploaded is because of the Nipsey feature. Uh, Cuffed Up with Quavo. I I hadn't heard it before Um, I listened to this EP. And Don't Do It For You No More is a song that is a really good song, but didn't really kind of came out of the blue when it was released. Couple years back, and now that uh, it's being re released, it's like, oh, like this was a dope song. Like, how come nothing was done with this? Like, it was one of those weird situations. And then that song, then the last song on the EP is uh, Buzzing, featuring Lil Yachty and, and Murder Beats. And I can honestly say that I've never heard that song before, uh, similar to the Quavo record. But, you know, Party is Party. He's one of my favorites, at least. And um, it was definitely a good addition to um the library so that project is called party pack ti released an album called the libra uh mario released an album called closer to mars black thought released an album that I had no idea about called streams of thought volume three that i'm going to check out a little bit later preem released an album with popcon and james blake released an album as well oh james blake saw the baby and i was think there was one more i think I saw Luke James. Did I see Luke James? Oh, no, I saw James Blake. Yeah, no, so that's pretty much it um, for music this week. I don't think I have anything else. I'm trying to look through this really quickly. I know that Static Selector, Nas, and Joey Badass released a song together. Oh, and Gary Clark Jr. They released a song together, um, but I didn't get to listen to it. And then Young Blue, he released a... Uh, a record with Drake that I want to get into really quickly. So I wanted to talk about Drake a little bit just because he's been on a nice little 2020 run. You know, he re- he released his project earlier this year with um a bunch of songs that was leaked on the Twitter. Uh he got his singles out and he's been doing a lot of features. And I think that the conversation of whether the Drake feature helps or not anymore is becoming more prevalent, and the conversation of Drake stealing other people's style is becoming more prevalent. Um, This is not to say that I'm not a Drake fan or anything like that because I still listen to his music a lot, heavily. But I can't help but notice a lot of similarities with the artists that he chooses to collaborate with when he goes to work with other artists. It's a little weird like with this new song that just dropped, the Young Blue um record that just released. His whole verse is sound, he just sounds like Dirk on the whole verse. And I'll play a little bit of it just because I don't want to end up playing music on every episode, but I feel like once you put it into perspective of how he sounds, then you really start to notice it. So check it out. face, pretty tender, but pretty taught me ugly lessons, pretty at me giving more than I was getting, so pretty don't come with something with and I did it, shame to tell my friends how much I do for you, cause they know that you would never do the same for me, I wasn't looking for your seat, they just came to me, and they contradicted everything you claim to be. I took you to the club And you hugged On somebody that I know And I know them type of hugs Same shit I do to women When I know Crazy part I'm is that and I know were, This is not a bad verse By any means He actually snapped on this But like At what point enough. Let me tell myself. At what point do we acknowledge That Drake is just stealing people verses Not verses But Drake is stealing people flows And stuff like that And he's not really Giving too much acknowledgement Is This becoming a case of Drake working with an artist just to get insight on their creative process so that he can run with it once he chooses to go work with someone else? Or is this just a thing of pure um, coincidence and, you know, just him? I don't know. And I'm not trying to create excuses for him. I'm genuinely curious because a lot of people I know would probably say that Drake is just biting. He's a biter. Like, that's all it comes down to. Other people would say that he's a pop star, and he's being a pop star. He's adapting to the climate of the industry and the sound that is popular right now, and he works with the artists who are most popular. So he probably, so he works with the same mentality that a label may have for one of their artists, where they might put two artists together, like Dua Lipa and the Baby, or something like that. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm rambling and that's just something that I was giving thought to over this past couple of days. And, um, I want to know what you guys think about that, but we can, we can leave. Now I know last week I told y'all that, um, the Lovecraft finale was coming on, but I was wrong. (laughs) I was dead wrong. The Lovecraft finale comes on tonight and tonight by tonight, I mean Sunday night. Um, so by the time. You guys get to this episode, uh, it'll have been out. Uh, Last week's episode was really good, you know, with them traveling back in time to uh, the Tulsa Massacres and retrieving uh, what they needed to retrieve or whatever. I don't want to get too much into the plot, but that episode was really good. And while it was really good, it was also very frustrating and infuriating for multiple reasons for reasons that pertain to the story and for reasons that pertain to um how characters are written so I want to speak on first and foremost Hippolyta coming back and helping them uh the end of the episode in which explains her disappearance uh kind of left it open ended in terms of how she was gonna get back or if she was coming back or anything like that. So her return was a little bit jarring for me, but at the end of the day, it was necessary because you knew that the way that the episode was set set up that she was gonna come back. I just didn't like that I just don't like the way that they reintroduced her. But that's just a small nitpick. Um another thing for me though about this episode was just the fact that they went back in time and characters see here's the thing right and this is not just a Lovecraft thing this is a television thing in general I hate when writers when a writer's room sets up and uh creates an episode or sets up an episode where they where the uh, where excuse me where the characters are on a time restraint and they have to do something in a small period of time, and it's a race against the clock, whether they're going to be able to get it done or not. These episodes are fine. They're typical within multiple genres, so it's not that big of a deal. However, when it comes to the characters in this episode having to do what they needed to do, and then we get to the the last part of the episode and we get Letty just walking through the fire that's whack man like first of all the the representation or the message behind that scene okay I can kind of get it you know like the invulnerability aspect of black people and how we haven't been we haven't had the luxury of feeling safe no matter the consequences of our actions so I like the the juxtaposition there However, if you're telling me that Hippolyta has to keep some portal open for an unexplained amount of time and you see her convulging and then you cut back to Letty walking through fire, it's like, bro, why isn't she running? You know what I mean? Like why? Also, why is Letty standing in the room? Why? While it's just filling up with fire, watching the other person, you know, you know. If you watch the episode, I don't want to get too much in the spoilers, like I said, but yeah, man, like it was a good, like I said, it was a good episode, but there are small things about the show that, um, really tick me off sometimes. Another thing that bothers me about that show is Michael K. Williams character, because they try to make it seem like he's such an integral part of the series, but um, I feel like the only time he is important to the series is to move the plot forward. Um, I feel like all his individual scenes, they don't involve um, Atticus or Letty. They don't do anything for the series. Um, and it's not to say that I wouldn't like to see him on the show anymore. I just feel like at this point, we should he should be given a bigger role. Since the beginning of the season, we always talk about Uncle George and how how good of a role model he was, and he died in what the first or second episode, and then we get, um, and then we get Tick's dad for the rest of the season being an asshole, and it's like I get it the the balance of like. Um, the good role model growing up versus the bad one, the abusive person versus the loving one and all of these things and how they attribute to a black man growing up in the world. And I get it. I understand. I truly do because this is black content and this is what it's painted to help us understand. However, I just don't think it was done in a way that favors the series, Um, especially it being more on the sci-fi fantasy um, spectrum of television but regardless of it it was still a really good episode it was very revealing um the emotion that was packed into the episode was very strong and could be related to in terms of just being there and being there in that moment of time and knowing what those black people are about to go through and knowing that you can't really do anything to help them get out of that situation because If you change the time, if you change that point in history, then you may be ruining the timeline and all these super science fiction-y types of tropes that come with um, these types of premises. But, yeah, that was my take on uh, on Lovecraft for last week. Um, I didn't really watch much television this past week in terms of what to talk about. I've still been on my girlfriend's wave i'm on season three now and i know that netflix has put on they put uh moesha and the parkers on there and i haven't touched those and sister sister and i haven't touched those as much and they also recently put on um one-on-one and half and half and those are shows that i'm definitely going to get to specifically one-on-one because one-on-one is a show that i actively watched growing up and i know how funny it is um because flex washington is hilarious and kyla pratt is funny as hell too so shout out to those people shout out to you guys and yeah i'm looking forward to all the new stuff i think that i want to touch on i don't really have too much to talk about in terms of tv and film for the remainder of the episode, but I do want to talk about Michael B. Jordan's involvement in the Static Shock film. And not necessarily him being involved specifically, but the Static Shock project in general. So I'm very excited about this project. I'm very excited that Michael B. Jordan will be producing a live action Static Shock film for DC. I think that it's the right direction for them to go. I like that DC is moving in the direction that is more so expansive of their characters rather than focusing on their tentpole characters, uh, how Marvel did, because in comparison, when you're comparing DC to Marvel in terms of more known, less popular characters, I don't know if that makes sense, um, DC has way more than Marvel, in my personal opinion, or more interesting characters, I will say. So DC has characters like hawkman and static that you know have never premiered or been premier characters outside of static shock having his own animated series but um these are characters that are very interesting have uh very very complicated lores and that can be used in so many different ways like hawkman is going to be in the black adam film and Who knows where static is going to be, uh, is going to pop up after all of this flat, um, plays out, but I'm, I'm excited nonetheless. And I'm excited to see who they end up choosing for the lead role because a lot of people are saying like, um, Ashton Sanders for the role. And while Ashton Sanders is a fantastic actor, um, um, I don't think that he would fit the role just because he has more of a, a serious tone to him. Like I've never seen him in a more comedic role, but people like um Caleb McLaughlin who um from Stranger Things is a perfect role. He already has the hair to fit and he already has the brand of Stranger Things behind him to push that whole kid-friendly whatever teen angst edge that we uh (laughs) that we all love to see in films but it's funny because um I was reading tweets that regarded that were regarding static shock and people were saying oh let Caleb McLaughlin play Lil Wayne in the hot boys documentary before uh or biopic before he plays static shock and I thought that was really funny but um yeah that's pretty much all I got Alrighty guys. Um, I really didn't have too much for you guys this week just because I knew that I was gonna be doing an interview before this episode, so I was kinda more focused on that. Um, I'll be ne- I'll be back next with more thought out um topics and things like that, but I'm gonna try to keep getting these interviews out and having guests on the show. Um, there's a very specific there's a big difference between doing interviews and having guests on the show, because if I have somebody on the show as a guest, then they'll be on the episodes that I release on Mondays. But if I'm doing interviews then they'll those will be released on um, a separate day. And those that day is looking like Wednesdays right now. So, yeah, make sure you guys are keeping up with the content. Um, any suggestions that you guys may have, you know where to hit me. Uh, like always in topics, questions, m- music and movie suggestions, you can find the podcast at VS Mike History on Twitter and versus Mike History on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History and everything regarding the podcast, everything regarding versus Mike History. You can find at versus Mike dot com. Any of you dropping Wednesday. Merch coming soon. The one-year anniversary of my Versus Mike History is coming up. And I got a little surprise for you guys. And I've been working on some really big stuff in terms of 2021 and how I'm going to expand the content. The YouTube page is coming soon. I really need to get some visuals out. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for for you guys, though. So I'll see you guys next week.